When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Nuggets Nation, where you'll find the most up-to-date news, stories, and information about the Denver Nuggets and their organization. Brought to you by your host, Ethan Hinschel. Hey everyone, welcome back to Nuggets Nation. This is your host, Ethan, and I'm here to bring you guys episode 18 of a recap of the Denver Nuggets-Indiana Pacers game, game four of the road trip for the Denver Nuggets. The Denver Nuggets got the win tonight, 114-109. to It was a really good win. It was an ugly win, but that still doesn't mean it's not a good win. The Pacers were without Tyrese Halliburton. I know I mentioned in the episode that released yesterday that the Pacers were probably expecting Tyrese Halliburton back. I was correct in the moment when I was recording, but this morning on Tuesday morning, uh, Rick Carlisle, the Indiana Pacers head coach, announced that Tyrese Hurt Tyrese Halliburton has re-aggravated his hamstring injury and will be out for the next few games. So tonight was one of those few games for Tyrese, unfortunately. So the Pacers were without him, so the Nuggets were not facing off against the Pacers at their full force, I would argue. Um, But they did have Pascal Siakam, who was not in the game when the Nuggets beat the Pacers in Denver a week and a half ago. So that was a big addition for the Pacers. He's been really good for the Pacers, though the Pacers went 1-4 and four on their five-game road trip and then lost tonight. So they're 1-5 and five in their past six games. That doesn't mean that he's not a good addition to their team. Once Tyrese Halliburton gets back, Pascal Siakam's going to look really good with the Pacers. But to get into tonight's game, it was a lot, to say the least. Your emotions were up and down, I would say, for almost the entire course of the game. For starters, Michael Porter really struggled shooting the ball tonight. He shot the ball 2-9 and nine and 1-5 of five from 3, so he really couldn't make any shots. He had 0 points in the first half. He had 4 rebounds, 1 assist, along with 1 block and 5 points, as I said. And he was, I don't want to say he was disengaged, but there were points in which he seemed a little disengaged. I know that's kind of almost just contradicted myself, but he seemed a little out of it, to be honest. I know he has been battling an illness the past probably week and a half, I would say. So that probably has affected his play a bit. That's not an excuse for him. I am just saying that probably has affected his play a little bit. In addition to Michael Porter Jr. struggling, Aaron Gordon also really struggled in tonight's game, which I actually found quite odd, to be honest with you, because the Indiana Pacers are one of the worst NBA's defensive teams, especially defensive teams in the paint. And that is where Aaron Gordon thrives. And he did not do any of that tonight. He was three of five shooting the ball. 0 of 1 from 3, 3 of 3 from the free throw line, which is great to see. As I said in the podcast yesterday, the goal is that Aaron Gordon continues to improve at the free throw line. So we want to see a steady increase as we near the playoffs. He had one rebound, which was strange because he's usually quite dominant on in the paint and 
near the glass on the boards and he wasn't one rebound which is really strange as i said and really odd he had one assist two blocks and nine points this was not aaron gordon's best game of the season this was one of his worst games of the season fortunately for the nuggets aaron gordon and michael porter jr get kind of an excuse for their performance as the Nuggets won, so all was okay at the end of the day. Jokic was the best player for the Nuggets, along with Jamal Murray, as many would expect. Jamal Murray and Jokic are picking right back up where they left off in Washington, D.C., and just dominating. Jokic was 13-19 and 19 shooting the ball. He was 3-4 of four from three. He was 2-2 two two from the free throw line. He had 13 rebounds. Two of those were offensive. 10 assists, 1 block, and 31 points. Just an absolute dominant stat line and performance. Forget the stat line. He was dominant out there. He had a clutch 3 to essentially ice the game at the end. The Nuggets were winning 111-109, to 109, and there was like a 4-5 or five second gap between the shot clock and the game clock, and Jokic and Murray just were going pick and roll kind of at the end, and Murray passed the ball to Jokic. He had a semi-open 3 from the top of the key and just drained that shit, and yeah, that was that was ice from there. Jokic has been in his bag all season, especially on this road trip. He has really been in his bag, and he just pulled that out. So that was awesome to see. And then Jamal Murray. Jamal Murray was 11-24 shooting the ball, 3-9 from 3, 6-6 from the free throw line, which is great. 8 rebounds, 2 offensive. 2 of those 8 were offensive rebounds. 7 assists along with 31 points. So he was also tremendous tonight. He was really good in the first half when Jokic wasn't scoring as much he was good in the first half Jokic he just wasn't scoring as much that was not his emphasis on offense I would argue his emphasis was getting his teammates involved and for the Nuggets the first half and the second half looked vastly different the first half the defense was atrocious the third quarter was one of the best quarters of the Nuggets season so far I would argue the fourth quarter was a bit of a letdown thankfully they got the win and were able to close it out but they almost they almost blew it and Jamal Murray and Jokic combined for 62 points, 21 rebounds, and 17 assists tonight. So when the Nuggets needed their two guys, Jokic and Murray were coming up consistently in clutch as they have been doing all season and pretty much doing their entire career as Nuggets. They just come up when the Nuggets need them most. So that is incredible to have to have two guys who are not afraid to take last-second shots on the shot clock, in the play clock. doesn't matter. They're confident they're going to make them. And as a fan, when you watch those two guys shooting the ball, I'm confident that they're going to make the shot. That's how good these two players are. And one player that I do believe deserves a shout out from today's game with Michael Porter and Aaron Gordon struggling. The Nuggets were going to need someone else to step up since those two guys were absent. And KCP did a really good job today. He shot the ball well, which was quite impressive. He was 5-12 shooting the ball, 2-6 from 3. He was 2-2 from the free throw line. He had 5 rebounds. Two of those five rebounds were offensive. He had one steal and 14 points. He was tremendous tonight. KCP was really all over the floor, was diving on the floor when the Nuggets needed him. He was really good, and he was such a good presence for the Nuggets on the floor tonight. As I said, with Aaron Gordon and Michael Porter really being absent from today's game, you needed someone to step up. Those Aaron, not Aaron, Jamal Murray and Jokic can't just do all the work constantly. And though they did tonight... KCP also stepped in. And it wasn't just KCP. Reggie Jackson was also big off the bench for the Nuggets. Reggie Jackson was 6 of 11 from the field, 1 of 4 from 3, 2 rebounds, 2 assists, 2 steals, 1 block, and 13 points. Reggie Jackson was all over the place, as was KCP. So those two guys, along with Jamal and Nicola, were just, they were tremendous tonight. They really did their job, those two guys. Reggie was really big off the bench, was giving them points when they needed it most, I would say, in the first quarter, second quarter, and even in the second half. 
Um, Peyton Watson was also solid tonight. He was two of four from the field, one of two from three, two of two from the free throw line, which is awesome. We want to see him also steadily improve at the free throw line as we do Aaron Gordon. Watson also had two rebounds, one steal, two blocks, and seven points. So as Reggie Jackson and KCP, he was also all over the place. So those three guys, along with Jamal and Nicola, were for sure the five best nuggets tonight. And it doesn't always have to be the starters that are your best five players. Sometimes their starters are not going to have as good of a game as we saw tonight with Aaron and Michael. And other guys are going to have to step up. And Reggie and Watson did just that, and that is tremendous for the Nuggets to have. I think this is a good confidence builder for Peyton Watson for the playoffs. Peyton Watson is going to absolutely be a part of the Denver Nuggets rotation come April and May and June. So they need him at his best, and they need him performing confidently. And something that I would like to talk about in today's recap is Katie Wingy on the broadcast tonight, which is the Nuggets announcer, for those who are not familiar with her name. She talked about how Christian Brown... Christian Braun, not Brown, Christian Braun and Peyton Watson have been pretty solid defensively, steadily throughout the course of the season, which is totally accurate. I've echoed that message. She also had said that the two of them ideally play with more confidence offensively. And I also have echoed that message tremendously. If you've listened to my podcast, I've talked about how the bench unit needs to play with confidence and they're not playing with confidence, which is a reason as to why they are struggling. And in the Boston Celtics game, those two guys were playing with confidence, and they kind of showed up and did a little bit of her job. But tonight, offensively, Peyton Watson made a big three in a timely moment. But besides that, the two of them were not playing offensively confident. And at least Christian Braun, Peyton Watson at times looks confident offensively, which is good, and I have more hope for him than I do Christian Braun at the moment. Christian Braun looks just flat out lost out there. In the half-court offense, he drives from the, not the corner, not the top of the key, but somewhere in the middle, I would say, and he drives to the elbow, picks his dribble up, and looks to pass the ball. He doesn't look to finish that drive. He doesn't look to, you know, kind of dribble it back out around the corner and set something up. He is lost. He is almost afraid to shoot the ball, it seems. And I don't want to shit on the guy because that's really not what I'm doing. I like Christian Braun and I hope he can get his rhythm and his half-court offense together because as we saw in the spring, the Nuggets need Christian Braun for a good finals and a good playoffs run because he was really vital defensively and he played well offensively, whether it was just getting big offensive rebounds around the globe around the rim or he was making a timely three once in a while or just hitting a layup or a floater so like those are areas in which I'd like to see him be a little more active he's not going to shoot the ball 10 times a game like Reggie or KCP or Jamal or Jokic or Aaron or Michael he's not that type of player Watson probably might shoot the ball more than Christian Braun but when Christian Braun gets the ball I want to see him play confidently and I think that'll take his game just a little bit up and a little bit to a higher level and I don't unfortunately as some of the DNVR guys said I love listening to their podcast um, for the Nuggets they talked about how you know usually when guys like progress 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 and then like plateau usually they don't start progressing again like that's kind of an odd progression it's happened sometimes as they said but Christian Braun has really plateaued and it's a bit of a concerning sign as the, those guys like to joke around their project dynasty calvin booth you know reggie not reggie christian and Peyton are a part of that along with their five starters so they need christian braun playing confidently and playing well to be good and right now he is not there fortunately we are just over the halfway mark for the regular season so we got 30 plus more games to go so he's got time to get his rhythm together however time is dwindling and the nuggets ideally make a small 
to medium acquisition at the trade deadline to help booster their bench, but they do really need to do something because I don't know. I don't know how confident you can be relying on Christian Braun right now and Peyton Watson and Reggie Jackson being your playoff bench rotation. I'm more confident in Watson and Reggie just because Reggie's a veteran. He's proven he can score. His defense is going to be a liability 100%. Peyton Watson, his defense is going to be a plus. His offense will be hit or miss. And if he can make shots, that's a plus plus. And if he can't, he'll probably hopefully be net neutral with his defense. Hopefully he's just not a liability on offense, turning the ball over and doing things that mess with the rhythm of the offense when he is out there. But Christian Braun, he is an absolute minus right now in the half court offense. And that does not make me confident for him in the playoffs. Defensively, he's fine. I think he's actually even taken a step back defensively from last year, unfortunately. And that might be a bit of a hot take, but I think part of it's just been, he feels the pressure. I know he feels the pressure, and unfortunately, he's just not doing it at the moment. So the pressure is just building. And when the pressure builds, unfortunately, at some point, the player is going to kind of, it gets to their head. And I'm not doubting that Christian Braun isn't in his own head at this point in terms of his play. Because he's getting minutes, he gets consistent minutes for the Nuggets. I'm not saying he's going to play 24 minutes, but he gets consistent minutes. I can check what he got in tonight's game and say it at the end of this episode. But he is getting, he's playing and he is not putting his, play to his best unfortunately and that's affected the team and I don't want to continue on this tangent too long because the Nuggets are a good team and they're not solely dependent on Christian Braun but they need they do need Christian Braun for a playoff run as I've illustrated and hopefully he can have a better game on Thursday at MSG against the New York Knicks but if not, it's looking highly questionable, and I don't think the Nuggets would trade Christian Braun because I do really think Calvin Booth believes in him and Michael Malone believes in him, but he's looking highly questionable, to say the least, and he has really all season. But on that note, to transition a little bit, the Nuggets really lack a backup center. That's not Aaron Gordon to help Jokic out. And Aaron Gordon, he can't, especially in a game like today where he didn't play well, he's not going to play that backup center role. The Nuggets were not going to go with the serious playoff rotation in this game, at least in the first half, maybe in the second half. But DeAndre Jordan is outclassed when he plays. And it is what it is, unfortunately. DeAndre Jordan is obviously not going to see the floor in the playoffs. As us Nuggets fan know, he would be outmatched, and he knows that. He's just a regular season piece. So there's a chance the Nuggets make a really small trade literally just to help them get through the regular season and that player isn't going to play in the playoffs. So there are some centers that potentially the Nuggets could take a look at. Some are more premium, some are a little lower end. And I will have an episode hopefully released this weekend. I'll try to do it this weekend about an episode for trade deadline, breaking down positions, players the Nuggets might potentially want to acquire and how they will fit into the team. But to come back to tonight's game and what I was talking about, I wonder whether Aaron Gordon's injury is also affecting his play recently. Because as I mentioned, Michael Porter is dealing with an illness. Aaron Gordon's dealing with a shoulder injury. And like I said, we're not going to use excuses. But these could be reasons as to why the player is not playing well. And I'm not trying to like contradict myself. You're like, Ethan, but... You just said we're not going to use excuses, and we're not going to use excuses. That's not what I'm saying. But if you're looking for a reason as to why someone might not be playing well, it could be due to his shoulder injury. Aaron Gordon's not going to say that. He's playing a little injured, but here's the thing. At this point in the season, we are at January 23rd when I'm recording this podcast. Most players are playing a little banged up. They have some ailment that's bothering them, and that's just the NBA. It is what it is, and hopefully he can get a little healthy over the All-Star break, but... It's not for a little bit, so we got some time to go, but hopefully this also could just be a one-game blip, but something that I would 
like to point out and talk about is Denver's defensive rebounding, especially on three-point shots. So the opposing teams recently, the Indiana Pacers, the Boston Celtics, Washington Wizards, they were getting offensive rebounds off their missed three-point shots. And the Nuggets are not finding guys boxing out on missed shots. They're guarding them, but then they're not finding a body to box out. And the other team's getting a rebound. And it's really tough to guard good for multiple defensive possessions. They're going to score at some point. Teams are too talented in the NBA offensively these days. If you give them two, three chances, they're going to score. So the Nuggets have got to stop biting themselves. And I'm trying to find the right analogy. I'm blanking on it right now. But the Nuggets have got to stop like bothering and damaging themselves in terms of lack of defensive rebounds. The other team is getting offensive rebounds, and they're doing it at high rates. The Boston Celtics, that game was just an emphasis on this message that I'm trying to deliver, to, to deliver right now. The Boston Celtics got so many offensive rebounds. The Nuggets have got to box out better, and they got to find bodies to box out. I know they're on a road trip, and I know it's tough, but we can't lose the good fundamentals that the Denver Nuggets have and, the, and that Michael Malone preaches about because the Denver Nuggets are a really good, high-quality team, and high-quality teams do the good fundamental things exceptionally well. And that is what made the Denver Nuggets win the NBA championship this past... Uh, not, I keep saying this past spring, but I forget it's a new year. Last spring, so that needs to come back. And I do... I'll transition a little bit back to the game. Sorry for the back and forth. My apologies here. But so for team stats for Denver, Denver scored 28 points in the first quarter. Indiana scored 29. So the differential was minus one for Denver. In the second quarter, Denver scored 26. Indiana scored 33, which is a minus seven differential, leaving the Denver Nuggets 54 points. Indiana 62 points at halftime. So the Nuggets were a minus eight differential. Quarter three, the Denver Nuggets scored 39 points. Indiana Pacers scored 19 points. The differential here was plus 20 points. So the Nuggets were up 12 points entering the fourth quarter. They had a massive letdown in the fourth quarter. Thankfully, the differential was only minus seven. So the Nuggets were able to win by five. Denver scored 21 and Indiana scored 28 in the fourth quarter. The Nuggets were up 100 to 90. Then the Pacers went on a 10-0 run and then the Nuggets kind of Locked in a bit. They didn't play their best, but they did lock in in that moment to execute a few offensive possessions, get a stop or two, and that was enough to get the win. And then to go in a little more team stats before I segment away to talk about a separate topic. The Denver Nuggets had 42 rebounds, 11 of those being offensive, 22 assists, 5 steals, 9 blocks. The steals and blocks were really present tonight. You could see the impact it had on the game in the transition game. And in the past game against the Wizards, I believe against the Wizards, as Katie Wingy said, I think they had 10 blocks. So they've been really getting better in that statistical category, which is great to see. As a team, the Nuggets shot 50%, 44 of 88, and they were 11 to 33 from three, so 33% there. And then the Indiana Pacers had 38 rebounds, seven of those being offensive. The Indiana Pacers had 24 assists, so two more than the Nuggets, four steals, so one less, one block, which is a huge difference. The Nuggets had a plate plus eight block differential, and the turnovers were tied 10 apiece. So... Turnovers were even. That was not the story of the game. It was really blocking, transitioning, and really just three-point shooting because the Indiana Pacers shot 5 of 21 from three, which is equals 23.8%. And essentially, the message here for today's game is road wins are not easy. Any road win is a good win. This is a good win. I don't care that it was ugly. And a lot of wins throughout the regular season are going to be ugly, but the ugly and pretty wins all count the same. So a win is a win at the end of the day. And this was a great win for the Nuggets. The Nuggets improved to 3-1 and one on their current road trip. They have one more game left against the New York Knicks on Thursday at MSG. And as we begin to standings watch a bit, which I'm doing, I think you guys should do too. Keep an eye on it. You don't have to 
keep an eye every day, but I think it's something to keep an eye on. The Minnesota Timberwolves lost last night in a shocking loss against the Charlotte Hornets at home, and Carl Anthony Towns had 62 points, which was their franchise record, and the Minnesota Timberwolves lost. Pretty embarrassing for the Minnesota Timberwolves to lose to the Charlotte Hornets at home, nonetheless, when Towns has 62. So this was a really big game for the Nuggets to win tonight because they were able to pick up half a game from the Timberwolves, who they are now tied with. They don't have the same record, but they're tied in terms of winning percentage, I believe, according to ESPN. And another game that's important to note is that the Thunder are playing the Trailblazers right now, and the score is currently, I'm checking, 109 to 109 with 10 seconds to go. So this is quite intense. The Thunder have the ball. I'm literally watching this on my iPad right now. But so... The Thunder just hit a shot, so they will be up two with two seconds to go. So we'll see how that turns out, unfortunately. Hopefully the Thunder could lose, but that doesn't seem likely as the Thunder, I think, were favored by 14 and a half tonight. So that's a bit crazy. I wish the Trailblazers could win, but the Trailblazers are fucking horrible, <laughs> to be honest. Um, so can't expect much out of them. But as I said, this game tonight was so important because the Nugget schedule is daunting, to say the least. They face off against the Knicks on Thursday. The 76ers at home this Saturday, then they face off against the Milwaukee Bucks at home on Monday, and then the following Wednesday, so the day this podcast will be released, so the week after that, they face off against Oklahoma City Thunder on the road. So following this road trip, they will get a two-game homestand at home against the 76ers and the Milwaukee Bucks, so two of the three best teams in the Eastern Conference, so that's going to be a daunting task. Then they go on the road to face OKC, and then they come back home to face two against the Trailblazers, so the schedule does lighten up slightly after OKC, but not really, just that two-game break against the Trailblazers, essentially, which both need to be wins, and this game against OKC is a really big game because OKC currently has a 2-1 to season series record against the Denver Nuggets, and the Nuggets are in the same division as OKC, and the Nuggets have actually struggled in divisional play, so getting that win on the road in OKC would be massive for obviously the standings and to just tie the season series to a piece. So that's really big. And if the Nuggets can do that, that would be tremendous, but that's going to be a really tough game. But I do want to segment back because I did say that the Thunder were up two with two seconds. The Trailblazers are about to inbound the ball and uh, I will do my best play by play voice for you guys in case you guys are wondering the results of this game and they just turn the ball over and the Trailblazers lost. I don't know what the fuck that inbound play was, to be honest with you. I think they were trying to lob, but didn't work at all. The Trailblazers were a mess, to say the least, to be honest. But I'm not here to talk about them. That was a bit of a distraction, but I just thought, I don't know. It was noteworthy because the Thunder effect, the Nuggets, and the Thunder did win tonight, which is unfortunate. But the Nuggets do have, I believe two games on the Thunder, so the Nuggets moved to 31-14, and 14, and I believe the Thunder are 30-13, and 13, I believe, with this win, but I'm unsure, but the Nuggets just need to keep pl- winning. At the end of the day, you just need to keep winning. you got to focus on yourself. It's too early in the season. Not too early in the season. We're, half, we're past the halfway mark, but it's too early in terms of where we are in the season to just focus on other teams losing. Obviously, it's a big bonus when teams like Minnesota lose at home to the Charlotte Hornets because it's very unexpected. And the Minnesota Timberwolves are in a very easy part of their schedule right now. So that's a good loss for the Denver Nuggets. But every win's important, and you just got to continue to win and do your thing. So if they can win on Thursday at MSG, that would mean they went 4-1 on the road trip, would be 
fucking tremendous just for the record that'd be huge for the nuggets to go four and one on this road trip this was a really tough road trip i don't want people to think because the nuggets are three and one right now that this wasn't a tough road trip they faced off against philly on the road they lost a really tough game they beat boston on the road for boston's first home regular season loss in 320 days they then beat washington dc on the road who is not good they then beat the Indiana Pacers on the road, and Indiana Pacers are good. They were without Tyrese Halliburton, but it is what it is. You beat, you play who you play, and he was not playing tonight. They beat them, and then hopefully they can beat the New York Knicks on Thursday, and they can go four and one on this road trip, and improve to thirty-two and fourteen, eighteen games above five hundred. And then, ideally at home, you beat the Sixers and you beat the Bucks. So the Bucks, this will be the. Denver Nuggets first matchup against the Bucks this coming Monday but for the Sixers the Nuggets lost to them in Philly so like it'll be just over like a week and a half ago when they play that game this Saturday so that'll be a big game for the Nuggets just obviously any game in which Jokic is facing off against a premier big man premier center in this league it's a big game nonetheless when it's Joel Embiid who beat the Nuggets Tuesday in Philly and on top of that Embiid also dropped 70 points on Tuesday night or on Monday night, which is absolutely insane. So he and Jokic are the two front runners for MVP right now. I know I said yesterday, I think MVP, I think Jokic should win MVP. Unfortunately, I don't think that'll be the case right now as Embiid is just scoring a, an absurd amount of points. And I don't know if Embiid's style will translate to the playoffs as well as Jokic's will, but we will see. I'm not here to criticize Embiid. I've done enough of that as is. But not to close out, but... On a bit of a separate note, to preview Thursday's game, obviously the New York Knicks have Jalen Brunson and OG Ananobi. They, those are two of their premier players. They recently acquired OG Ananobi in a trade, which included RJ Barrett going to the Toronto Raptors. The Toronto Raptors then sent out OG Ananobi. The New York Knicks are good. They're coached by Tom Thibodeau, the Chicago Bulls ex-coach, as well as the Minnesota Timberwolves ex-coach. And he's a good, hard-nosed coach. His teams are always going to play well together. They're not going to give up like we saw tonight against the Indiana Pacers. They're probably not going to turn the ball over a bunch. And they're going to play good defense, especially in the half court. So the Nuggets are going to have to execute their half court offense. They can't turn the ball over. Ideally, they have less turnovers than they did tonight, which was 10. Ideally, they could have maybe six or seven. I think that's a bit of a golden number if you can stay around that area. I think your chances are really good, and yeah, hopefully they can close this road trip out strong. They've done so well so far, and I have a lot of confidence that they can do this in New York on Thursday, but it'll be a tough game. The game is at 5.30 p.m. local time for those in Denver, but for those not, the game is 7.30 Eastern, so 7.30 on the East Coast, 6.30 Central, and 4.30 on the West Coast, so that is the time for those who are going to plan on watching that, but if you haven't already, please make sure to subscribe to my podcast. I am giving away a Nikola Jokic jersey for one of the first 500 subscribers. So make sure you do so. Shipping's on me. So all you have to do is subscribe and I will raffle it off once I have 500 subscribers. So please tell your friends about this podcast if you haven't already. Make sure they subscribe and do so. But on that note, I just want to wish you all a wonderful day and go Nuggets. And hopefully they can win tomorrow night in New York. And hopefully I will have a game recap after that. But I am unsure about that. But anyways, take care and have a wonderful day.